Bruce Willis stars as New York City detective John McClane, newly arrived in Los Angeles to spend the Christmas holiday with his estranged wife. But as McClane waits for his wife's office party to break up, terrorists control the building. While the terrorist leader, Hans Gruber, and his savage henchmen round up hostages, McClane slips away unnoticed, armed with only a service revolver. In his cunning, McClane launches his own one-man war, a crackling thriller from beginning to end. Die Hard explodes with heart-stopping suspense. Welcome to the end of Christmas month as we talk about the 1988 Christmas classic, Die Hard. Now, I know a lot of you out there are thinking, wait a minute, Die Hard, that's an A movie. Well, you know what? Fuck you. It's Christmas. We're going to do something we want to do for once. So uh, let's just jump right into it. Technical difficulties. Let's get into our top and bottom three of this movie. Paul, what do you want to take on first? I'd say let's take on the uh, the top three. All right. So the best of the best. I'll get us started here. Um, number three, Sergeant Al Powell. You know, he, he's a wonderful comic relief character in the movie. Like, he's not, like, laugh out loud. He's not hysterical. He's not a comedian. But just the things he says, his inflections, and how he interacts with other characters during the movie just make you smile and laugh. And if you associate him with his character, Carl Winslow, from Family Matters, like, you just can't help but feel joy whenever he comes on screen. Number two, the action sequences. There's nothing wrong with any of the action sequences. Like, there are mistakes, yes, but they're awesome. They're badass, and, you know, when when making this movie, uh, director John McTiernan was going for a quote-unquote ultra or hyper-realistic, it was an exaggeration of how things would really go. And it really shows, like, things are exaggerated or, or they're over the top, and it makes it fun and exciting. And, you know, you're hanging on the edge of your seat, like... Is he going to get out of this? He better get out of this with John McClane. Of course, my number one has got to be the main characters, John McClane and Hans Gruber. You know, they have, they're have wonderful opposing forces. They're two very dynamic actors. When you look at John McClane, he's not your, like, super cop. I'm just going to, you know, tear through these terrorists because, you know, I'm the best guy in the world. No, he gets the shit kicked out of him. He gets shot. He gets choked. He gets fucking thrown down a flight of stairs. He is not this superhero. He's just your everyday cop trying to do the right thing. He's got his own issues. You know, he's talking to himself all the time because he's fucking crazy. But because he's fucking crazy, he takes on these terrorists. And you know what? He gets the job done. And then you've got Hans Gruber, who just kind of like sits behind his chair talking all elegantly and... And fucking commanding his his henchmen and his minions to do his bidding. And they listen to him because you know, he's fucking Alan Rickman. If, if the man talked, you'd be hypnotized too. Alan Rickman has such a commanding presence. And Hans Gruber is intimidating, even though he's not frightening. So, Paul, what are your top three things about this? First, I'm going to have to go with there are all sorts of explosions and shit like that. And just Boom! It was just so cool to watch, just, like, John McClane, like, jumping out fucking windows and, like, trying to, like, survive and shit. It was just, it was just amazing. You can see, like, how action movies nowadays have kind of, like, taken this movie as an example of what to do, and that was really cool to watch. For number two, I'm going to have to go with John McClane's one-liners are awesome. It all sounds so natural. Action movies are just so much better when, like, there are just one-liners thrown in there. It just makes it just... 
that much more badass. And, and it's not like some movies were one-liners just thrown in just to have one-liners. Like, they actually make sense in context. Yeah, they felt like they were almost, like, ad-libbed because they just flowed so naturally. But, and for number one, I'm going to have to go with, as you stated before, John McClane's just evolution into badassery. He's just a cop. He didn't really know what to do. He's kind of, like, hoping that the other cops would come and, like, save everything. Like, when he realized he couldn't, he just... He had to do it. He made mistakes, but it's, yeah, it's just, it was a slow progression. And even when, when he's introduced at the very beginning of the movie, he's, like, almost sick from being on an airplane. He's got, like, air sickness. And so, like, he's not this big, tough guy from the get-go. Like, he gets tough, you know, when, when he call, when it calls for it. So it's, it's... Greatness under fire. Yeah, it's nice to see... You know, like you said, the evolution of the character. So let's get into the bottom three. What are the three worst things about this movie? Number three. This movie ends. Even at 132 minutes, over two hours long, I'm still, like, pumped and ready for more to happen. Which is why I'm, like, very glad that there are four sequels to this movie. Number two for me. There is a culture out there, if you can believe this or not, that believes that this is not a Christmas movie. Those bastards. And they will argue that this movie is not a Christmas movie. Okay, let's take account here. One, the reason John McClane is in L.A. is for a Christmas party. Number two, the song in the opening credits is the Christmas rap. Number three, whenever he kills the first terrorist, he puts a Santa Claus hat on him, sends him down in the elevator shaft, this, and with a with thing saying, I've got a machine gun, ho, ho, ho. Who says ho, ho, ho? I'd say Santa Claus. Santa Claus. There are people out there that believe this is not a Christmas movie, and they are wrong. Number one, Hans Gruber at one point pretends to be an American and a fucking pussy. And you know, it just seems so out of place in this movie and really like a waste of time and talent within this film. I thought it was really good. It's like showing that he can like trick people with his acting in the movie. See, I feel like... I thought it was like, cool. I feel like Hans Gruber, like at that point, the, the character that he was, would have been able just to like disarm Bruce Willis and like snap his neck. And it's just, I just, I feel like it, it showed a side of Hans Gruber that like was powerless and not really this like great like mastermind so paul what are your bottom three about this movie for number three the random continuity error with his shirt like really what the fuck guys like they didn't have an extra shirt and what it didn't take away and nowadays it's kind of like it's funny but like really like i i i just i can't understand that like did they do that on purpose as a joke because it was just so obvious it's because it's the scene that his shirt changes is when he comes out of the um, out of the ventilation system. Instead of just making his shirt dirty and like making it look like that, they just gave him a shirt that was a dirtier looking color, and uh, and that's the whole reason that it changed. It's was they were trying to make it look dirty. For number two, I'm gonna have to go with. I thought Alan Rickman was great in this as a terrorist. I thought the even doing the German accent, I thought he was really good. But the movie I saw before this that had him in it was the Harry Potter series, and the whole time I kept thinking of him as Snape, and I just have, kept having to remind myself that no, it's a different character. But man, that would have been that would have been interesting to say the least. For number one, I'm gonna have to go with man. This movie had the stupidest, most useless not 911 operator. Don McLean tells the terrorists that um. That people are being held hostage, oh, tells the operators that 
the people are being held hostage by the terrorists, and they start lecturing about misusing the line. Actually, hear gunshots, and then they're like, "Oh, we'll send a guy by, you know, check it out." It's like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, and, and they threaten to send the police to arrest John McClane yeah. for calling this stuff in, and he's like, "Please, please send the police." Yeah, and they're are still you like, "Fucking kidding me?" Oh well, you know, maybe we won't then. I guess they didn't take terrorism seriously back then. Like, if this had been. This took place, like, nowadays. It's like, well, there's terrorists. Like, we're on it. It's like, what a difference in times, like. Well, not to mention, like, John McClane, you know, when he's getting off the plane, like, the, the guy sitting next to him sees his gun. And John McClane's like, oh, it's okay, I'm a cop. Like, I, people today really wouldn't be that, like, dismissive, like, when they're like, oh, I'm a cop. The, the, the guy would have been, like, freaking out, would have, you know, yeah. called, called for, you know, whatever. So, so yeah, that's uh, that's our top and bottom three of this movie. So, yeah, um, let's get into an, ep- an, an edition of Quote Wars. I'll get us started off here. Um, come on, baby. Come to Papa. I'll kiss your fucking Dalmatian. Now I've got a machine gun. Ho, ho, ho. You motherfucker. I'm going to kill you. I'm going to fucking cook you, and I'm going to fucking eat you. Nine million terrorists in the world, and I had to kill the one with feet with feet smaller than my sister. Hey, we're flexible. Pearl Harbor didn't work out, so we got you with tape decks. No fucking shit, lady. Does it sound like I'm ordering a pizza? Now I know what a TV dinner feels like. Yippee ki yay, motherfucker. And that uh, that brings us to the conclusion of this episode's edition of Quote Wars. Don't forget to tweet us at bmoviebros, that's all one word, and tell us which quote was the best and who won this episode's quote war. Find us on Facebook at b-movie, space b-r-o-s, that's bmoviebros. Or, you know, right here on SoundCloud, leave us leave us a comment telling us what your favorite quote is. You know, who your favorite character is. Do you like this movie? Do you think it's a Christmas movie? You better think it's a fucking Christmas movie, because it is. Now let's get into our final take here. And we're going to give you a, a score on our shot scale, which is, of course, a reverse scale, 1 to 10. 1 being the best, 10 being the worst. How many shots do you need to get through this movie? I, of course, if you didn't guess it already, gave this movie a 1 out of 10, the lowest possible score you can get on our shot scale. I give this movie a 3 out of 10. Well, uh, I'd like to hear why you're wrong, but I'm going to tell you why I'm right first. All right. Guns, explosions, Bruce Willis and Alan Rickman, great dialogue, a fun story, and Carl Winslow called Sergeant Al Powell in this movie for some reason being badass. I love this movie, and the fact that it's set at Christmas time just gives me just cause to watch it repeatedly over the month of December. Boom. Review. Done. Very well put. Alright, so Die Hard is an awesome movie. It's got plenty of action, one-liners, overall just great performances by the whole cast, especially Alan Rickman and Bruce Willis. The progression of John McClane's character was very well-paced, well and it really set up this iconic action hero. Uh, the movie was a bit slow-paced. There's a lot of scenes of just talking where nothing's really going on, and the cops and the a 911 operator... Uh, operators were just so incompetent that it got kind of annoying. Still, this movie holds up even today. It's definitely a movie worth watching. However, I did not get a point because it isn't a B movie. And there you have it. So, uh, so if you average if you average our scores, you know, you two shots to get through this movie. But you know what? It's all in good fun. So just fucking grab a glass of eggnog and refill it every time you're out because it's Christmas, and this is. A Christmas movie.
So, uh, we know not everyone likes to watch the same shit as we do. But in this case, we know there are some people that like to watch the same kind of shit that we do. And since this is an A movie, we can't give it an A movie companion. That'd be way too easy. We have to give it a B movie companion. I'm gonna have to say my B movie companion for Die Hard is the 2011 movie Hobo with a Shotgun. I picked the 2010 movie Machete starring Danny Trejo. Alright, let me get started here. In Die Hard and Hobo with a Shotgun, John McClane and the Hobo are both thrust in situations that are beyond their control. And they decide to face their problems head on. You know, John McClane is at this Christmas party and terroristic thieves take over and start killing people and whatnot. And, you know, he decides that it's up to him to save everybody. Hobo, you know, gets to this new city which happens to be, you know, fraught with peril and crime and pedophilia and everything else. And he decides to take it into his Giant hands with, with his shotgun and start killing all the criminals. You know, it's up to him to clean up this mess. Both movies have lots of gunplay. Alan Rickman in Die Hard and Brian Downey in Hobo with a Shotgun play some of the most intelligent and intimidating villains that I have ever seen on screen. Um, both movies have assholes with cameras. Richard Thornburg in Die Hard and the hobo fight guy in Hobo with a Shotgun. Both movies have a single fake dead Santa. A terrorist in Die Hard that he puts the Santa hat on. And uh, the pedophile in Hobo with a Shotgun that uh, Hobo shoots in the car. And uh, both movies are actually based on other works. Where Die Hard is based on a book. Hobo with a Shotgun was based off of a short trailer made for the Grindhouse double feature. Death Proof and Planet Terror. So neither are technically original works, but they're both awesome. And that's why Hobo with a Shotgun is just a B-movie version of Die Hard. Alright, so I chose Machete because both movies, one, are action movies. They're both the first in a series of action movies. Die Hard is the first in the Die Hard series, and Machete is the first in the Machete series. The stars of both movies, Bruce Willis and Danny Trejo, were really in their element in their these respective movies. Even though uh, both actors have been in, in a wide range of movies or shows such as uh, dramas, comedies, and kids' movies, action movies are really where these two shine. Um, not that they weren't good in the other ones, but these two are pretty much... They pretty much define action movies at this point, and that is why Machete is just a B-movie version of Die Hard. So if you want to watch a B-movie version of Die Hard, check out Machete, starring Danny Trejo, or Hobo with a Shotgun, starring Rutger Hauer. At this point, we like to get into uh, one of our favorite segments here. Drink away the flick. Drink away the flick. Come on and grab your drink. Let's drink away the flick. So we're going to give you a couple drinking games for this movie. Uh, number one, every time McLean kills a terrorist, take a drink. Number two, whenever Gruber acts like he's a pussy from America... Finish your drink twice. Number three. I really hate that scene. Anytime Ellis is a dick, take a drink. Number four. Anytime Sergeant Powell just tells it like it is, take a drink. And number five, because it's Christmas month, anytime Santa makes an appearance, take a drink. Every time the terrorists speak German, take a drink. Every time the police are in denial about the hostage situation, take a drink. 
Every time the limo driver or the guy trying to bang John's wife is shown, take a drink. Every time there's an explosion, finish your drink. There you have it. Those are your ways you can drink away the flick. Before we tell you what's coming up next month, let's let's real quick do our monthly ranking so we can tell you what movies were, you know, what's the best movie from this month, what's the worst movie. Um, just, you know, what we think real quick. Um, so we had four movies this month, and uh, for me... Um, the movie coming in at last in last place was 1964's Santa Claus Conquers the Martians. Number three was Santa Claus vs. the Zombies from 2010. Number two, Santa Claus from 1996. And number one, how could it not be Die Hard from 1988? Paul? Okay, this is pretty simple. So, yeah, we watched Santa Claus vs. the Zombies. Santa Claus Conquers the Martians and Santa Claus. They all sucked, but Santa Claus is just barely better than the other two. And I thought Santa Claus vs. the Zombies was the worst of that. Die Hard is by far better than all these movies. However, I'm putting it forth because once again, it's not a B movie and therefore doesn't count. I have to put it at fourth. So my ranking is Die Hard number four because it's not a B movie. Number three, Santa Claus vs. the Zombies. Number four, Santa Claus Conquers the Martians. And number one, Santa Claus. Somehow Santa Claus, being the abysmal piece of shit it was, managed to win Christmas month for this ranking. Well, How the hell did that happen? Um, Debbie Rashawn's boobs and Bill Heinzman. Yeah, those two things managed to make, managed to put it above the rest. So... Next month, of course, will be a whole brand new year. It will be January of 2016, and uh, we're going to have a very special month, and it is going to be called How the Fuck Did That Kill You Month, where we're going to feature movies with, you know, villains or evil beings, evil entities, that you really have to ask yourself, how the fuck did that kill you? So yeah, um, if you want to join us next week, we'll be featuring the 1996 trauma movie, Killer Condom. So yeah, um, if you have any comments, questions, uh, suggestions, fuck yous, whatever you have, um, you can direct them at our Twitter account, at Bros. that's all one word. On Facebook, B-Movie, space B-R-O-S, that's Bros. Or, you know, Paul directly at B-Movie Paul, all one word. We're right here on SoundCloud where you're listening to the fucking thing. Until we meet again, be brave, be alive, be back next week.